Welcome to Job Sharing and Beyond, the future of work podcast that goes beyond the traditional nine to five. I am Karen Tischler, speaker, consultant, and host of the show, where we hear from global experts every other week to discover innovative solutions and tips on how to remain a relevant employer in the future. Hello, everyone. Before the conversation with my wonderful guests starts today, I would like to highlight a great event that I'm speaking at next week. SHRM, the Society of Human Research Management in the US, is hosting a regional final of its Better Workplaces Challenge Cup on Wednesday, June 2nd, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. The first hour includes several talks, including mine, and then companies will pitch innovative new ideas. There are several regional finals, and the North Central final includes a former podcast episode guest team, Jessica Charlson and Gina Huang Picarella, who are the co-founders of JobShare Connect. I will put the links to the events in the show notes. But now, without further ado, let me introduce my guest to you. Michelle Bessler thought she would be one of those jet-set expat consultants traveling the world with her family doing important business. Her international management studies and her view on the organization as a whole gave her a good start into that career path. But she has always placed major importance on the people she has been optimizing and digitalizing processes for. A few months into motherhood, she found returning into her previous position as head of organizational development much harder than expected. Since then, Michelle has grown into the social entrepreneurship world as founder of COSI with the mission to redefine work-family balance for parents. Wanting to open a co-working with childcare space in Stuttgart, Germany, she has been uncovering the structural, economic and social barriers especially mothers face when trying to juggle kids and career. Now she is acting as an ambassador, founding an NGO, the Coworking Childcare Connection Germany. Together with other space founders and operators, she works to shed a light on these social challenges, to gather innovative approaches, and to highlight the positive impacts these proof of concepts already have on society. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much for coming. Now, could you tell our listeners where are you calling in from and are there any particular sites or food items that they could test or see when they are coming close to your area? Mm -hmm. I am calling from close to Stuttgart, north of Stuttgart in Germany. And um, of course, there's sites to now being the automotive uh, city. But I think if you ask me, I'm always um, up for culinary (laughs) items. 
So um, one of my favorite German dishes uh, is the Nürnberger Würstchen, which is a very small sausage. Um, and yeah, well, typically German, you would eat it with either, um, um, I don't know, fried potatoes or, or sauerkraut, which is a sour kind of cabbage. <laughs> yeah. um, but I love, because I'm from originally from the Philippines, I love to eat it with rice, which is not very typical German. <laughs> that, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, my kids love the sausages and I'm a big sauerkraut fan. So yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> now, Michelle, you are the founder of Cozy. And um, could you tell our listeners why you decided to create this social enterprise? Uh, yes, it's due to um, my own particular need for a co-working space with childcare. So that was um, pretty much, it coincided with the birth of my daughter, uh, which was the end of 2017. And maybe like three or four months into motherhood, I started thinking about like, hmm, how can I, um, yeah, go back into my position, which was a, um, uh, a head of position, organizational development. And the, yeah, everything was going crazy as always, you know, always project deadlines. And I, before I went into maternity leave, I really thought, um, yeah, I'd be back on track like after six or eight months. And yeah, reality hit me quite hard. <laughs> so <laughs> I started I started researching on co-working spaces uh, where you could bring your little one and just get a little bit of work done. Um, but even with that, I was still very naive. Um, so yeah, up until now, I'm still in the phase of really doing deep market research, talking to a lot of people, um, which now I'm less of a startup founder. I'm more of a kind of ambassador for the topic of work-life balance or, or family and work um, balance in a modern way. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And, you know, I can so understand that feeling I remember, even though it's been a while, when my kids were little, literally the only spaces I could take them for a, like, you know, temporary time was really in the gym. And I remember thinking, wouldn't it be nice that in that place, there would be a little area where I could maybe do some work. Yeah. And so, I mean, I completely understand that. So, and here in Canada, I'm aware of only a few co-working spaces that indeed have childcare facilities included in it. And my understanding is that a lot of it has to do with a lot of um, requirements on True. because of the the child care aspect of it to fulfill it and to find the right location and um so i'm very curious you know from all the research and experience you have had what challenges have you faced um yeah there are many challenges i have come across and <laughs> you've already pointed out um, the the hardest ones which is the requirements towards the space because if you want to combine co-working with childcare, those are requirements that don't really go together well <laughs> so um 
you on the one side you need a very professional space it has to have a good location so it needs to be um very well accessible and good um internet and everything but for the childcare services you need an entirely different set of um, requirements and in Germany at least I don't know about the law um, enforcement criteria in Canada about the childcare but here um, we have a um, federalistic uh, structure so every Bundesland has its own kind of um, law it has to be a ground floor so they don't have to I don't know uh, take an elevator <laughs> so there's a lot of regulations and they vary so um, it's not impossible to have it in a different city but it's just very uh, a long process to get that through with the um, local authorities yeah and um, another point is there is like institutional child care that um, has these strong regulations with uh, requirements towards um, personnel as well so the caregivers have to have a certain level of qualification and you have to have a certain number of uh, caregivers to um, ratio to the kids and then there is like a a border or, or like a other side where it's just babysitting or just like the like you mentioned in the gym mm-hmm. an open child care where those regulations do not count but that means that those um, those formats of child care have to be privately financed by the adult uh, by the parents for example or by the gym or the employers so that is the problem. Either you get stuck in the regulations <laughs> in order to get finance so that you can offer um, childcare to a greater um, audience, or you have to find a way to make it um, attractive <laughs> enough so that people would buy it from their own pockets. And both of it is very, very tough in Germany as well, uh, at least, yeah. yeah. Wow. And so I imagine you might have talked already also with organizations that have a childcare facility within their headquarters or and and I imagine they probably have to deal also with some regulations, maybe fewer if they are not subsidized by a public, um, you know, fund. But um, then I presume they therefore then are only allowed to offer childcare for employees within that organization or I, I mean, I'm wondering. That's their main interest. So um, if they do that, they do it for their own mm-hmm. people and they pay it from the um, money that these people um, make. Right. <laughs> so um, they would not really have an interest in uh, opening up that offer to people out our parents outside of their company because um, yeah it's just it doesn't it's not profitable and and that is the problem with co-working because with co-working you don't really have high um, profit margins and from those to like subsidize the childcare is just not enough and then your um, 
connection to your customers or to those parents who want to use it is not as strong as employer-employee uh, relationship, yeah. you know? So that is mostly something that you would have to figure out a really strong corporational bond uh, between a company who would fund that even outside of their own um, own employees. Like on the one hand, like here in Canada, we really have um, a lack of childcare places and especially mm -hmm. having it on a more flexible basis if somebody is not working full time or if somebody maybe works in the afternoon, or I, I don't know what it's like at the weekend. I mean, there are so many different types of flexible work opportunities now, but then there is a lack of childcare, but then just, just listening to all the challenges somebody faces and actually trying to set that up. I mean, that it really sounds not easy. No, it's not. It's um, it, just recently I've come across a, uh, a couple of pioneers, I would say, who are not in the co-working, um, uh, who are not active in the co-working area, but really home to the um, educational system. So they are um, caregivers or teachers in that in that sphere. And one of them, his name is Havalta. He has been fighting that fight um, for 20 years now. <laughs> So for me, I've only I've only uh, come into the game like three years ago, <laughs> and he has not become tired of it. Yet. I, I think at least he hasn't become, become tired of it. Yet. So he really um, he has also had like little um, successful steps along the way. But like all in all, um, if you consider all of these massive dynamic changes in the workplace. Uh, with everything being more digitalized and remote and globally connected, you really have um, requirements to be more flexible in your time. And yeah, and I think that's going to rise in the next three to five years. And then you have um, other trends that more and more women uh, who now become mothers or will be mothers in like five or so years they are very well educated. They have a totally different set of expectations towards how they want to work um, and how they want to live their family life. So it's about time that the regulations, not just the regulations, but the whole infrastructure um, as political as well as um, social have to be updated to really meet those needs. And um, that is where we are at now, where um, we have been participating in the Update Deutschland Hackathon, which is uh, like a second run of the uh, Via versus Virus was the name in 2020. Um, and it was a hackathon that had like over 40,000 participants, I think it was yes. crazy. And this year, there was not as much, but still very, very powerful event. And um, this year, they had a new um, format that they, they welcomed um, already working organizations like social enterprises mm -hmm. or social organizations, NGOs into it with their existing solutions. 
And um, we participated in that and gathered a lot of more um, people who are really willing to, you know, um, join in and, and recreating what we need um, to have a better work life balance. But we are now in the process of founding a, um, a nonprofit organization that is this, what I've uh, said initially, um, that I view myself as an ambassador for that topic. And those people who join me in that uh, mission, they, um, yeah, we're really highly motivated to use all the odds <laughs> that <laughs> Corona has brought us um, because it has put a spotlight on a lot of things that are, um, not so well in the social industry, in the social sector, but also um, things like the Bundestagswahl in Germany coming up in September. Um, we'll probably have to say goodbye to our chancellor, but um, there's also a lot of chances uh, here to really update Germany. And I'm very much looking forward to that. I completely agree with you. I mean, obviously, I would not have wished the pandemic to just come along. But I see certainly silver linings out of it. And to me, the, the fact that all of a sudden care work has become so much more visible that, you know, starting from little kids running, um, you know, through a Zoom call, and it has just become much more of a authentic um, picture of who people are, that it isn't, yes. quote unquote, just a professional that is hiding his or her, um, you know, private life. Exactly. And I feel that um, while definitely there have been also here in North America, many female professionals who had to opt out due to simply too many things from full-time work, prof uh, care work, homeschooling, etc. more mm -hmm. men have taken on care work and have also seen the yes. amount of work it does take to do all of these things. And I feel it really is shining a light on this. And I think it is a perfect opportunity now to create changes. So I'm very appreciative what you guys are doing. And I really feel it is very important. You're very welcome. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very curious. Um, so you talked about, you know, your think tank and um, the nonprofit organization you are creating. And then you also have like a fellowship program. And could you share a bit more what that is? Mm -hmm. um, I started con the concept of that a while ago, a few months back, because um, while researching, I have come across, I've met a lot of wonderful people who are like me wanting to open a space in their city, uh, wanting to help other parents in their neighborhood to balance, to juggle um, those care and, and other um, work that they need to do. And I've heard their stories um, and seen their challenges and also seen some of them giving up um, due to those regulations or to, due to um, not being able to convince the banker or, or whoever, investors, um, or simply having private uh, reasons to not 
go through with it. And for my story, I can I can tell it is really very hard to um, to open a business like that and sustain it. And that is not because it's a bad idea. <laughs> it's because of those circumstances. And we really um, need to help people uh, go that go through that process, but also um, yeah, update the system. And we need to have like a bottom up and a top down approach at the same time is what I think. And the fellowship was um, the idea to gather those people around because what I felt is most of the people who want to start a business like that are mothers. <laughs> so mothers who are already juggling um, so many um, responsibilities and then they want to start up something that is really tough and it's yeah it's easy to give up when you're alone but if there's a group of people who are on the same track who go through the same um, obstacles and challenges um, you can just you know motivate each other uh, the one who's up at the moment can pull up the others and the others um, you know, they, none of them have to really learn every single question by themselves, but um, somebody else has already spoken um, successfully to the banker and then they can share their advice. So that was the idea of bringing those to um, not one table, but to like really get them to go the whole journey together. That sounds really excellent. And it's basically, it sounds to me also, you're trying to avoid that people have to reinvent the wheel always because you might have already found best practices or somebody else. And you know, you know, certain methods that might work better than others. And, and to be honest, one of the reasons I have this podcast is that people around the world can listen to you and realize the challenges and also see aspects of what one can do. And so they don't have to start from zero, but they can already say, Correct. oh, wow, this is already happening and they can connect with you. And th that's, that's really what I'm trying to do because ultimately my goal is to have a more flexible um, work opportunity for anybody because I feel that's the way to go ultimately to get to gender equality faster and one of the aspects one has to have is um, child care opportunities in a flexible um, pattern so therefore I'm very appreciative of what you are already doing. Yes and um, that is actually what you point out is what has brought us mankind to the point where we are now because we have developed skills to cooperate, to collaborate, to learn from each other, to speak about things that we have seen or done or tried. And if we were uh, to have to learn how to make fire <laughs> every, every time, you know, then we would never come <laughs> to be as civilized as we are now. So that is actually the core of being human um, that we learn from each other. So I, I really appreciate what you do too. And we should all do much more of that. Thank you very much. And, you know, along these lines, you've done a lot of research. So I'm curious, do you or have you encountered other places, whether that is in Germany or in other countries, 
where you've learned some best practice already, how they've set up their um, co-working space with childcare that you find particularly, you know, helpful and like a best practice that you could maybe share some examples with our listeners. Yes, absolutely. I have um, I have spoken to so many, and I've visited um, a fair amount of spaces and and um, learned about their concepts. And in that um, NGO that we're founding, the co-working childcare connection, we are um, yeah consolidating all of those learnings. And to be honest, there is not this one best practice. It always depends on the case. It always depends on what um, local goals you have or what what um, needs the people you want to serve um, bring along. So as I've said before, there's a part that is more institutionalized childcare. And if you have people who really need a, um, a system that they can rely on, then that is the way to go. And then there is like in Berlin, the culture in Berlin is not very typical German and that I don't mean it in a good or in a bad way. It's just different from from the rest of the country. And um, there people work very highly flexible and um, there, that's, that's the reason why in Berlin, there are three spaces who have a very similar concept because that is what people there need. And they have pretty much just the babysitting um, offer where you can book um, your childcare on a day in advance, for example, for like two or three hours. And um, that's it. There is no like um, you, you bring your kid a certain amount of time until it is ready to stay at that place by it by him or herself. And um, here in the totally flexible space, you don't really have an extended amount of time to do that um, because the daily structure is not really as important. And the um, educational part of it there is not as important because you don't really visit that place um, 40 hours a week or so. So it, it really depends on what people want and what they need in order to have a better um, work-life uh, balance. And personally, if I would open a space or if someone, uh, if, if I consult people, my first go-to uh, pretty wrapped up product is um, have a part, like one group of, let's say 10 children in Germany, it's called a Großtagespflege, very weird term. And I can't really translate it because it, there, it doesn't exist in other countries. Um, but what it is, it's not um, a studied caregiver. It's a Quereinsteiger. So oh. there's a... Uh, oh, it's a, maybe like, oh, okay. So it's a non-linear, like somebody who whose first profession wasn't necessarily in the childcare um, space, but they might have been, you know, a teacher or it might have been an IT person or anything. So it's like a a non-linear career move. Yes. And there is a a training program that you can go through um, in order to become a so-called Tagesmutter which is uh, like a caregiver that is very close to a nanny. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, But 
it is a format where you can be a nanny to like five children of different households in a different space, for example. And this is the format I would go to because it's very uh, low key in terms of regulations, but it does have regulations. So there is a, um, uh, a part that is funded by, by public funds. And, um, and you can, let's say, cover like always the first half of the day and like three to five days a week where this one person, the Tagus Mutter is always there and sees pretty much the same five or 10 children. Um, and then you have like this stable group. Right. And then you can add on flex more flexible services um, in the early evening hours or on the weekends, for example, because you already have the facility that is funded and that is child um, care safe and everything you already have connections to caregivers um, so with all that in place it is much easier to offer a more flexible service maybe even uh, just entirely privately financed but um, having that other option for me is um, the the most profitable and um, best mm, economically planable <laughs> way wow. to go. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, thank you. I, it, it really, it doesn't sound like a easy process and an easy solution. And it definitely sounds like something that takes a long time. And at the same time, it's so necessary. And, um, yes. yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for all the work you're doing, being a trailblazer and moving it forward, despite, I am certain, so many obstacles. And I'm sure a lot of people sometimes, you know, not believing in it and you're marching along. So now how can people contact you, Michelle, if they want to learn more about your work? Yes, uh, I have a little website um which I should maintain better, to be honest, but you can find it under um, www.cozy, which is C-O-S-I dot work. Um, and you can also send me an email um, via that website, or we're just building a new website for the um, NGO. So look out for co-working child care connection. We'll be um, posting probably from all different uh, participants. Um, so we'll just have it as a hashtag. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, is there anything you want to share with our listeners that we have not covered today? I think coming from, from what we've talked about, just for all of the uh, people working at the moment to have like to keep an eye out for um, caregiving parents or or people just you know to to just see them as whole persons um, and not expect them to be just professional but also to you know be understanding for the rest of their uh, private life and maybe um they're really struggling at the moment or for the past 14 months. So just give them a little break. <laughs> Thank you. That is such an important message. Thank you for being here today. It was such a nice um, talk with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. 
We hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas. To keep listening to future episodes, please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating. We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye.